Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the 1894 podcast. We are back after yet another match. And it was another defeat for Bristol City on the road. And this time came at Leeds. So in a bit of a different different set of circumstances. That is now three defeats in four for Nigel Pearson's side. Um, notably, two of them have come up against uh, relegation sides away from home. So make of that what you will. As usual, I'm joined by uh, Matisse. Matisse, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad. It's been a couple of weeks since our last podcast. Played a few games now. Very disappointing home match against Stoke, which we'll get on to. Followed by a, an amazing away win in the week, but then quickly a couple of days later, back to another defeat away from home. But yeah, um, into the international break now. But yeah, I'm not too bad. Good, good. Um, yeah, three games we'll talk about. Two of them we'll talk about briefly and then we'll kind of dissect leads in a little bit more detail. We'll start with the start of the week. So it was a three-game week. Bristol City have ended up with three points, which is... Let's talk about that, shall we? It's a three-game week, three points at the start of the week or just generally looking at it, you'd have gone Stoke, Rotherham, Leeds. Um, two away trips in there uh, up north. Um and then at home to a struggling Stoke side. Would you have taken three points at the start of the week? I, I don't think so. I, I, I was ex- looking at six, to be honest. I, I think we definitely should have won that home game against Stoke. And then Rotherham, both teams of Stoke and Rotherham, looking at their form, they haven't been great recently. They're both, well, well Rotherham in the relegation zone. Stoke, with their win, are now above above the relegation zone but yeah I was looking at six obviously going away to Leeds a very good side got good atmosphere I wasn't expecting much from there but um like at least four if not six really yeah no I'd agreed at least four um but realistically if we want to be challenging then it should be six really and um that win away at Rotherham which we'll talk about as well uh, was a little bit of a niffy one wasn't convinc- wasn't really convincing um, but it wins away in the championship. We would have to grind some games out. That was a very good, um, very good three points in that manner. So we'll start. We'll go back to the start of the week, which feels like a while now. Uh, so that was Stoke at home. We were both there, so we can both talk about it in a lot of detail. Bristol City lined up with Max in goal. It was a back four of George Tanner. Rob Dickey, uh, Cal Naismith, Cam Pring. Midfield three is the usual Joe Williams, Jason Knight, Matty James. Up top, it was Mark Sykes, Naki Wells and Sam Bell. Now, for the opening 15 minutes, Bristol City took a two-goal lead. Um, and it felt very like Plymouth at home, um, where it was we attacked the opposition, we go at them, we kind of sussed out their vulnerabilities didn't really allow them back into the game. I know uh, Plymouth scored, but then we just literally just went up the other end and scored again. But it felt a little bit different in a way because as soon as we went 2-0 up, that kind of energy within the side, which is so like, which you kind of expect from the City city team now, was a bit lacking after we went 2-0 up. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly not what you want to see because when you're in these positions, 15 minutes with two goals up, when that happened against Plymouth, that hadn't happened for a long time where we've dominated that quickly and had a two-goal cushion so early on. 
And like before that game, we hadn't scored in the first half of a championship match of the season. But yeah, I thought we were great. The first 15 minutes, Bell from, I think, yeah, a corner, got it on the near post of the keeper. Great. Five minutes in, one no up. And then were a bit fortunate with the back pass from Stokes defender. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then Naki Wells got on the end of it. Good finish. Um, he was gifted the opportunity, but he still, he still had to dispatch the shot and, and score, which was great. I was very happy for him to be back on the score sheet. But yeah, after that, just kind of fell flat. That's when you want to, if you go make it 3-0 and then start to control the game and then you can get the three points. But then it's it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous scoreline because now once they get one back, which they did five minutes later, I mean, that goal, you can't. Like, no, you can't. That was an amazing not, finish. That's that finish from, um, yeah. who was it? Metty Leris, I think for Stoke, you, yeah. you just can't, you can't, just can't do anything about it. It's, it's not even like we allow him a ridiculous amount of time and space on the edge of the box. He just, he kind of drops back a little bit and then just, just leathers it into that far corner. Max has no chance as well. Um, it, and as you said, two 0 is a very dangerous scoreline, and we had to make sure we took advantage of the fact that. Once we had the momentum and we went 2-0 up, we had to just go ahead and score that third goal. Otherwise, we were always suspect to a bit of quality from the other side, from the opposition, which there will be in the championship. And that was the same case against Plymouth. Um, it was a brilliant shot from the edge of the box from Adam Randall, which um, got them back in the game. It was the same thing here, really. Um, and this time, we didn't get away with it. We just come, we just kind of collapsed a little bit. Um and after that goal, pretty much offered nothing. Yeah, it's true. That, yeah, that was the difference between the two games. We kind of fell off a little bit, and I guess Stoke just had a bit more quality than Plymouth had on that on that night. Um, but yeah, it's very poor. It's just one of those like one moments we were dominating, let off a bit, but then they had that one moment of quality, and then that kick starts like that changes the momentum of the game. It's two one now. We're fighting to stay in it and we're on the back foot so yeah but yeah we held on until half time it was two still two one to us at half time then second we um get back out for what two minutes in and then there they score again i forgot how that how that goal so is a ball in is a ball down the uh down their right hand side our left hand side campering um hoover gets in down the right hand side cuts it right across um, Haksabanovic uh, kind of runs, pulls away from his marker, curls in uh, inside the box. Um, it's, a, it's a good finish, but once again, Campering is a he's let his man go, and uh, it's, it's it's not good enough from a defensive point of view. How is how is Haksabanovic getting that amount of space in the box? It's it's it's, it's really really um it's, it's frustrating. It's just annoying because. At points, you look at it and you're going, well, how have we thrown that away, really? How have we gone um, toodle up? And then just suddenly we're back at 2-2, we're back at uh, the starting point. It's it's just really, really, really annoying. And um, you, you, look, uh, sometimes, sometimes there is just quality within the opposition. But this is a Stoke side who at that point was in a really, really bad run and the manager's under pressure, there was no real kind of outlet in terms of goal scoring and they just rocked up 
they've gone two down and then just gifted them really two goals. Um, actually, the first one was a bit of quality, but the second, the second goal was just unacceptable from a defensive point of view. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of similar to, I feel like there's a pattern of like the marking and awareness from lots of players. Like it, it happened in, well, we'll get onto it, but in the Rotherham game when we conceded, that was really poor. Um, that a man's just on edge of box, unmarked, and it's just too easy. But yeah, like you said, with Stoker just in when terrible thought, I and mean, then I they have played Southampton, Leicester since those are tough games. They have lost both, but like they just other than our their win against us, they have been really poor. So it was we should be capitalising if we want. It's the difference between just like a mid-table side and that one pushing up to the playoffs. Those are the games where you you got to be getting three points on a struggling side at home. Move up. Like if we had those three points now, we'd be I think seventh. Like, yeah. like a level on points with six. So, uh, just the, the that's the difference. I think we can't get too mad against like the Leicester away and the Leeds away. Those are tough sides, but against Stoke and throwing away two nil lead, especially, is very disappointing. No, it's 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 it's, it's, re- it's really bad because might because at at one point you're going well. We're on the we're on the right trajectory again. We're on the right the right along the right track. So we're gonna hopefully capitalise on another three points and just just goes away. Um, and then the third Stoke goal in the 89th minute um, is just it's just it's just horrendous because we're obviously trying to go and win the game, which is great. We're showing the intent. We just leave ourselves so so vulnerable at the back. Sometimes it's ridiculous. And um, it's an error, in my opinion, from Cal Naismith. And uh, well, Nathan Lowe peels away from his marker at the at the back. Um, I can't remember who it was. He peels away from his man at the back. Balls come in um, from the Stoke band from the right hand side. Just gone right across. Max is not. Max has really got no chance. Really, um, the defense has completely switched off. We've Go. We've gone and we've gone and tried to win the game, which is great. Can't leave yourselves open like that at the back. It's unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. Looking at now, yeah, Naismith misses that header. He's brought out the game. It's pretty scrappy. He gets through, but yeah, goes past Taylor Gardner, Hickman, and Dickey, and then just left open a man unmarked back post, and then yeah, it's a tap in and 89th minute, and they've completed the comeback. Um, yeah, Stoke fans did go wild. Well, those those fans who left after the two goal lead, two goal lead are gonna be regressing that. But yeah, it's another poor goal to concede, and yeah, to concede three in a game, and yeah, again from the two goal two goal lead, it's that was like after that game, it was really really disappointing. And no, very very unhappy with the performance. I think they just should have been disappointed in themselves. Really, like it's it's just not good enough. But it happens. It's, it's- no, no, I don't. No, it's not good enough. Uh, we can't be, we can't be two 0 up at home and then play. You know, a struggling Stoke side at the time, and then just chuck the lead like that. It's, it's as you said, the difference between a mid-table side and a side that really challenges for the top six. That is the difference. These sort of games are the difference. There's also a difference between sides that are mid-table and sides that finish in the playoffs. The difference. Some of the differences. Um, we go away to these big teams, i.e. Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, um, Ipswich, Sunderland, you know. 
these big boys in the championship um, and we get something from a few of those games, yeah, you could go, well, oh, you know, Leeds away, Leicester away, we're not really going to realistically get anything. Yeah, obviously we're going to lose a majority of the games. But sometimes you just need to hang on and just, like, get the point. You don't have to win the game because that's ridiculous, you know. Expecting to go to Leicester and Leeds and Southampton and whatnot and winning the game is not, you know, fair on these lot, on these lot because they're not good enough to do that. But getting something, you know, just hanging there, being resilient, don't fall apart and show an attacking threat. That is not beyond these lads. Just hang. And um, sometimes you need to go to Leeds, Leicester, as I said, and get something. Sometimes, not all the time, just get sometimes. Um, get those points in, just bank them. Um, but yeah, to, back to the Stoke game, uh, really poor, just really, really bad. Um, I said after the game that we just mentally checked out after we went 2-0 up. It's also kind of a sense of complacency. Um, do you know how you go 3-0 up on FIFA? But, yeah. but or, and you're playing your mate, and now he's really like, I'm amped, amped up, and you're kind of like, oh, this is easy. We're we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna smash him. Um, be just kind of slow it down, and he gets a he has a long range shot which somehow goes in, and then he builds up momentum and just carries on. He just wins in the, in the ninety something minute. It felt kind of felt like that. It's a weird analogy, I know, but it's kind it kind of felt like that. It just um. Just complacency and just not good enough after we went to up. And I don't think it was the same team. It was the same Bristol City side we've been seeing for a while under Pearson when we went 2-0 up. As soon as we went 2-0 up, we just kind of went, well, OK, we've won now. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately, in the championship. Um, so, yeah, that was Stoke. Any more thoughts on, on that one? No, just overall very poor. I wanted to move away from that one quick, quickly and we needed to turn it around like ASAP. So yeah, we moved to the Wednesday night fixture away from home uh, against Rotherham, who another side were in poor form. And going into this game, I was like, I'm expecting nothing less than three points. After that performance against Stoke, like we need to win this game and we should have won the Stoke game or at least got something out of it. But moving on from that, the Rotherham game going into that, I... I was very, very expecting like a, 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 a win and the three points. But yeah, we went into that. The lineup was, well, the same except for, well, Cornet came in for Wells up front. And then Taylor Gardner-Hickman came right back instead of Tanner because uh, Tanner had an injury, I'm pretty sure. Uh, ankle or something like that, I heard. Oh, I'm, I'm not. Uh, Tanner had ankle problems. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, and then Cornet came in for Wells. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can see how Cornet maybe is more one of his games. Maybe a bit more presence, a bit bigger, but he is. So I, I'm, I especially after yesterday. Uh, I, I can't. Um, I'm very, very, very quickly losing faith with him. And we'll talk about someone else who was um, deployed against Leeds as well. I'm very quickly losing faith with both of them. But we'll talk about that at the end. Um, so, yeah, it was Cornick who came in for Naki Wells, as you said, that kind of physical presence against the Rotherham side that's, you know, kind of physical and will be hard to beat, especially at uh, at the New York. And Taylor Gardner-Hickman, I think, was always going to be a shoo-in um, because of, you know, 
as soon as Tanner went down injured against Stoke, we were like, okay, Telegon Hickman's going to play the next couple of games because they don't want to risk anything in the slightest. And to be honest, Telegon Hickman's been pretty good for two games. I think he's been all right. Um, I think he's been um, very solid and don't think he's done much wrong. Um, so, you know, promising signs from him. Um, but yeah, apart from that, nothing major. Should we just skip the first 80 minutes? Because I don't think anything <laughs> happened. Apart, yeah, from a pe- a- apart from a penalty shout. Oh, my don't, days. Don't, that think, was, don't, don't think anything happened for 80 minutes. Yeah, it, it was just one of those scrappy, low-quality championship games. Nothing happening. The ball's constantly in the air, out for a throw-in. No team's keeping the ball for like a substantial period of time. Just no real like. Just not nothing really happens. No to be rhythm honest. to the game yeah. in the slightest. Um. Yeah. And yeah. Other than that penalty trap, which I'm sorry, like, are we playing like the rugby World Cup? Like, it's the wrong sport. He, he grabbed his waist and then took took Sam Bell down, and the refs there. But yeah, no penalty. It's outrageous. Sky Sports did an analysis. They also agree it's a nailed-on penalty. For me, uh, but yeah, if if we didn't get all three points, I'd be looking at that and yeah, being very angry. Can I can I just say the ref against Stoke as well was abysmal. Mm. Like I had a full on angle, like a proper angle of uh, the Campring uh, incident mm. where Wesley, their striker, has his elbow not in like to his to his hip region, has his elbow up here, and then kind of kind of just puts it there and shoves campering in the face. It's 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 ridiculous. It's 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 absolutely mental. That's a foul in rugby. That is genuinely a foul in rugby. You can't impede someone with their uh elbow in your in their face. It's a foul in rugby. How is it not a foul in football? It's ridiculous. Um uh, yeah. and yeah that's Sam Bell one. He's literally just bear hugging him and stopping him. I'd argue it's probably a red card as well. It's mm. mental. Um yeah it's just it's just ridiculous. Referees are just absolutely abhorrent. In this league and that that um the website now the ticker's going further up and up again you know the the bristol city penalties oh yeah it's been 250 days now i think we had it in um february we had two in two in a week <laughs> two against Hull and yeah. sunderland but now it's i think oh we're gonna have to wait we're gonna have to wait even longer now right? more how um, how long how long was it before the last run between before the um before the, I think it was, before the Sunderland game, how long was it before we had that penalty at Coventry away? I think it was 460 days. So Christ. it was, um, what, yeah, like a year and a half, something like that. Around, around that. Yeah. Oh, and the one before that was like, uh, not, was it like 700? Coventry. Oh, no, Coventry, before Coventry, it was the season before, it was um, yeah. the lockdown season, and yeah. it was uh, Naki Wells against Norwich. Oh, and he missed that. Oh, he did the penanka. Yeah, he missed, oh, yeah, my he did the penanka and he missed it. That was um, outrageous. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was la- that was at the start of that season as well, and yeah. we were midway through the season where we played Coventry and got that penalty. Yeah. Mental. Um, I think we're going to have to wait a while before we get another penalty because at this point it's it's just getting ridiculous. Um, See, so yeah, we'll talk about Rotherham after the 80th minute because. I'm not yeah. apart from Rotherham missing an open net, um, where I think it was Andre Green. It was a good ball across. Oh my god! Um, Andre Green just missed it, missed the ball completely. Uh, Max was no man's land. Um, Dickie's lost his man. Dickie or Naismith lost his man. Um, Andre Green had to put in. Didn't nil nil. Eighty minutes, and we'll actually 
go back to 79 minutes when uh, Tommy Conway comes on. Um, and we're all going, oh, well, finally, there we go. Some, there's some good good news. He's, he's come on. He's getting a few minutes. Uh, good. I don't think anyone saw what was going to happen literally in 15 minutes' time. Absolutely mental end of the game. Um, Tommy Conway picks the ball up from Cal Naismith, left-hand side, cuts in. But I don't, I don't know how to explain the shot. He kind of bends it, but doesn't bend it in a way. Yeah. It's just flat bend. It's like goes with lots of pace, but slightly curves. No chance, Victor Hansen has in goal. Absolutely venomous, magnificent strike, yeah. and ridiculous, really. Um, yeah, Tommy Conway's back, and uh, yeah. he was. That was a brilliant, brilliant strike. Yeah, I was so happy for him when that went in. I mean, it's just beautiful. That moment of quality like that in a game like like this was exactly what we needed. Yeah, it was a ball in from yeah from the back. Naki Wells did well. He kind of took the man. I, like his movement off the ball, I have to give it. Uh, uh, Naki Wells is, is, was good there. And then, yeah, got to Conway, controlled it well, moved away from goal, brought the defender out, and then found the space, the angle. Oh. But what a finish, just inside the box. But yeah, no chance for the keeper. Bottom right corner, in front of the away end. Respect to those 400 of fans who made the trip up. But yeah, absolute limbs. And then I thought, oh, three points. Um, 81st minute, Conway's come off the bench. But five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. It just don't make it easy for ourselves, do we? Um, just don't make it very easy. Um, so Hayden Roberts comes on in the 85th minute for Sam Bell. So we've kind of just gone flat back five. Uh, literally put two fullbacks on just protect, protect anything. Hayden Roberts makes, he just switches off, just switches off completely. The ball goes down there, right hand side, our left hand side. Hayden Roberts switches off. Campering's kind of narrower. Ball goes in to Arvin Appiah down the right hand side. He puts a very good ball in, to be fair, uh, to Tyler Blackett, who, by the way, should not be in that much time, should not be given that much time and space. I know he's a centre-back, but should not be given that much time and space on the edge of the box. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it was very poor. I mean, I have to say, looking on it again, Vyman, he sees him and he's opening space, but he get, he gets there too late. He, he, he notices it too late and he's not there. He's like, Vyman's standing on the right of him. He's open on the edge of the box. No one there. Picks out a decent pass and then it goes, it's a double nutmeg, I'm pretty sure, through Dickie and O'Leary. And then, yeah, hits the top of the net and it's 1-1. It's another poor defended goal. No marking on Black. It was his first goal for, for Rodham as well. But, yeah, bit poor going through defender and the keeper's legs as well. But, yeah, after going 1-0 up, we we throw, throw it away. And then I was like, oh, we've, we've done it again, of course. Um, but yeah, overall, just, just a poor goal to concede. It's just exactly not what we want to do at that moment in the game. Yeah, and Max doesn't cover himself up in too much glory. That's not good for him. Um, it doesn't matter, though, because we won the game. Uh, because Tommy Conway turns into... Who is it? Olivier Giroud with that finish? With a, like a little, little, scor- little scorpion kick? It's a brilliant finish. Um, it's a... First, what happens is the ball goes to the Taylor Garden Hickman, kind of in, in around the centre area. Uh, Rotherham is just sitting back, just holding for the 1-1. One, one. 
Ball goes to Andy King down the left-hand side. He uh, puts a delicious ball in to, to Tommy, Con Tommy Conway. And it's just a magnificent finish. He puts his foot out um, and then just stir, just kind of arcs into that far corner. It's a magnificent finish um, and fully deserving of a winning goal. Yeah, definitely. I thought Taylor Garnickman did that quite a few times in the game as well, from that right yeah, side, yeah, yeah. playing it across to the left wing. But this time it wasn't Sam Bell, it was Andy King uh, on the left-hand side, which I was surprised about. I I, I was also um, surprised he came on in like kind of a nil-nil situation. And the same happened in Leeds. But um, no, it, it was a very good ball, good touch, takes it on the, on the second touch and crosses it in, finds Conway beautifully. Yeah, just what a volley to guide it into that bottom right corner again. I mean, it's pure quality. Both his goals are amazing. And to do it, he comes on after being injured his second game, hasn't even played like a full game and scores a scores a brace to win it for for his club. And yeah, he said himself when he watched it over, it's like one of the best moments he's felt as a Bristol City player. And when a homegrown player like him, he's been at the club since he was seven, you could just see his face, the passion, it's just yeah, it was beautiful and to come away with three points. In the scrappy game it was, but like you said, in the championship, if you, if you get three points, you get three points. And we did get the job done, even though it was a bit shaky near the end. We we managed to do it. Let's be honest, I don't think we deserved to win. I think it was a game literally just based on 10 minutes. And it was, um, it was, a, it was a pretty mental ending, but um, look... As you said, getting the three points in the championship is the most important thing. And um, that's what we did. That win moved us up to 11th. Yeah, one point off the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it was like in around 11th. Wonderful. Uh, that didn't <laughs> that didn't stay. Um, but uh, no, good, good result. Don't think we particularly deserved it. But as I said... Wins in the championship are more important than performances, and this league is is unforgiving sometimes. You just have to make sure you bank those points, no matter what the performance is. I'm sure Leeds will say yesterday they weren't at their best, but they got the three points, and that's kind of the only thing um, that really matters. So we'll talk about the main event, shall we? And that was uh, at Ellen Road yesterday, and that was Leeds United two. Bristol City won. It was a win for Daniel Farker's side. It was a defeat for Nigel Pearson's um, Bristol City. Um, and before that, I think we were the third most informed team in the championship away from home, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, that didn't stay, unfortunately. A really, really poor ending to that game. But it leads away. You can't really you know, be too disappointed. The disparity and the discrepancies within Bristol City's finances, Leeds' finances is a literal cliff edge. It is a mental, mental um, sort of difference. And the difference is not only class, quality, but also finances, as I said, is mental. This was the Bristol City team that played. It was Max in goal, Taylor Garn Hickman, Rob Dickey, Cal Naismith, Cam Pring. Matthew James, captaining the side, Joe Williams, Jason Knight, so the usual midfield three. Mark Sykes, Naki Wells came back into the side after midweek, and Sam Bell off the left. Were you surprised, 
expected. I expected it. Uh, the team use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. It was pretty bang average. That midfield three is settled in, and obviously with Viner out, it's going to be Dicky and Naismith, and then also Tanner's out, and then yeah, it's front three. Yeah, bang average, normal, um, normal, unexpected. But yeah, go. Obviously, yeah, like yeah, you said, going into this game, it's always going to be tough. But like you said, if we want to be pushing higher up, we got got to get like a, some yeah, like a result, like you said, a point or something out of this game. And I thought if we played our football, we could have a chance. We are, we're obviously going to bring a game to them, but it was whether or not we could get anything out of it. But yeah, the start, the game. I thought I thought we were decent. I thought we can. We looked a bit more composed and we controlled the ball a bit better. We're passing it around a bit more. I f- I was worried that we were going to try and like. Well, we are still. Well, we were definitely a counter-attacking team uh, with the seasons prior. We've started to try and play more possession-based football, but then it always seems to be when we win, we have less possession. Um, but I feel like today we tried to be on the front foot a bit more, um, which was good to see. But then there is a big quality difference, obviously. Before the before the first um, goal of the game, there was, that, there was a, another penalty shout which would have made it the third in a week. But this one's a bit more softer. I, but it, looking on the replay... Seen them given. Could be could, seen Yeah, given. exactly. Could, could have been given. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, look, as, as, as you said, and also, as I said, um, the quality difference is there. And it was never kind of set in stone that we were going to, you know, kind of fully compete with them. Unfortunately, we didn't get anything, and I thought it was a much better performance than uh, Rotherham. And I was slightly worried if that Rotherham performance kind of carried on, we'd get battered, and we didn't. Um, so you know, little wins, I suppose. This is the Leeds eleven. Um, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Elan Meslier in goal, Sam Byram, Pascal Strike, uh, Joe Rodon, um, Archie Gray, who was brilliant by the way. He's seventeen. He's ridiculous. Um, all right, let's start with the uh, you know, what I did for the last 11 where I just went 18 million pounds <laughs> ex Champions League winning. All right, let's start. Ethan Ampadu, who was signed for 10 million pounds in the summer, Glenn Kamara, who's played in the Europa League final with Rangers, Dan James, who was signed for 25 odd million from Man United, Joel Pirro, who scored 20 plus goals in the last two seasons in uh, in Swansea and signed for like 12 million. Ridiculous. Crescencio Somerville, who scored at Anfield last, last year. Uh, and got the winner. Jorginho Rutter, he was signed for thirty-five million pounds and is playing in the championship. Um, that that is that 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 is um, yeah, that is that is about all right. Um, it's just the quality within that lead side is is mental, um, and I don't think Bushity had much of a chance, but we gave it a very very good go. Um, as you said, that penalty incident was there. We'll move on from there. We don't want to talk about penalties anymore. I will, I will just literally my blood, my blood in my brain will just pop out. Um, Naki Wells went off injured in the thirtieth minute, um, and at this point, I went, "Oh, okay, thirty minutes in. Give Tommy Conway a go. Give him seventy minutes. See what he can do in seventy minutes." Just, uh, brings on Harry Cornick instead. Yeah, and and that's yeah, and that's where my mind and opinion on Harry Cornick became a bit more, bit more, 
uh, solidified. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, like that's why it was kind of an awkward moment for for an injury in a substitute because it was a decision whether 17 minutes is a bit too much for Tommy Conway and I guess Pearson thought it was and then yeah brought Cornick on and yeah I just the whole game I didn't I just don't see what he really brings there's no impact it's just sloppy the crosses like they did a couple long throws but yeah that's literally all he has I just that signing in my opinion is right now it's looking like a failure but um yeah i just i i would have brought him off to be honest in the second half for and switched it around there but yeah it wasn't great at all yeah and that first half i, I talking about archie gray yeah he was brilliant i mean he's my age and he's and he's defending like that um is 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 brilliant that's what we tr- our game plan for a lot of that first we 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 put it across the left hand side a lot to sam bell we thought maybe he's bit more unexperienced Sambal can get on him well but he defended really well and he held his own um throughout the game uh but yeah and then before Archie, still, Archie yeah. Gray by the way sorry is a midfielder he's a central <laughs> midfielder and we saw this with Alex Scott and I don't want to make comparisons but when you're 18 17 19 and you're playing regularly in the championship in midfield you're you're pretty good because you're dictating things you're in like the hub of ev- what everything goes on. You're playing against some top top quality midfield uh, midfielders, and the way Leeds play, they play with four two three one. So they play with two holding midfielders, and they have Joel Pirro as their ten. So they don't even play with three midfielders. So he's most of the most weeks he's out. He's out uh, numbered. He's still running things. He's a ridiculous player, um, and due to injury problems, Leeds had to play him at right back. He was so good. Um, he will play for England one day, I'm convinced. Um, but yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, isn't he a Scottish international? So, I hope not. Maybe. <laughs> uh, um, I he thought I heard something. I might, he might be, but hopefully yeah. he gets convinced to play for England. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, even before, still before the first goal, uh, Leeds had a big chance on the left-hand side. It went through to Somerville. Put a cross oh, in, God. and I do Christ. not know how it's hard that to miss. Hasn't gone in. It's harder to miss. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, but we're in the championship, and I know it's not like one of the best quality leagues in the world, but that position, like same in the bloke, Sunday league, should... same bloke who was signed for 35 million, by the way, <laughs> Jorginho, like, same bloke, I, 35 million, and he's missed that. Like, how do you? Yeah. That, is, <laughs> that is mental. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, we that we got we got let off there stuff. because it has come on the bounce, but it's just unacceptable. He's he's, he's like like uh, like a, a yard away from the goal, less. He's he's so close, and he, he's he's missed that. Um, yeah, I don't know how that happened. If you just look at the freeze frame, it's it's a joke. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out here and say that Harry Cornick would have scored that. <laughs> and, I um, agree. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, no, he shouldn't. Have, he shouldn't be missing that. Um, and kind of building on from that. Uh, Leeds arguably should have been two, three, four, one up uh, by the end of the game. But also, it could have very easily been a two-two, and uh, uh, the number of chances very basketball-like. And as Cal Naismith said, we don't want the games to be that open all the time because we want to be defensively solid. We want to be, you know, kind of compact and uh, not allow teams much. Um, 
Then Dan James scores for Leeds, and in all honesty, I'm going to be completely honest here. I can't remember what the goal looks like. Yeah, so it, it Max O'Leary plays it to Knight, who's at the oh, edge. Oh yes, of the box. yeah, I remember. All right, I remember. and Knight has yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a poor decision to maybe give it to him. Maybe he should have just completely cleared it. But yeah, Knight loses the ball in our own box, who's is kind of our, our number ten. Um. And then, yeah, they get the ball, crosses it in. It comes off a, de- it's a deflection of a Leeds player and then it falls to Dam James. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a good finish, but we it, it, he shouldn't be getting in that position and we shouldn't be letting that happen. But yeah, to go 1-0 down after, yes, they had some good chances, but I thought we weren't doing that bad. Yeah, it was a bit poor to let, to let that go through and be given a chance, but... Yeah. yeah. Quality, quality, quality. Um, and also, I think um, the style of play leads to kind of de- deploying under Daniel Farker is um, was evident there because they're high pressing, you know, high energy, ruthless. They were ruthless then. Um, but Bristol City did not kind of just allow to be rolled over. We were quite quite positive after that, and. Despite Leeds, you know, having a few chances before half time, a few big ones as well, like really, really big ones. Um, Cal Naismith then gets the equaliser on the stroke of half time, is a ball in from Taylor Garn Hickman from the corner down from the left hand side. A beautiful ball in. Cal Naismith heads in, very simple set piece, goal. Who knew? Um, we talk about how long it's been since we had a penalty. I would very much like to know how it's long it's been since we scored a header from a corner because yeah. it's been a very long time uh, since that's happened. We have been really, really shocking on corners. Um, well, since Pearson has come in, really. Um, so, you know, good. I don't think we really massively deserve to be going in at half-time 1-1. But, you know, take it, uh, really. Uh, it's a good... Kind of good end to the half, and yeah, half time one one. Leeds would be a bit frustrated, not frustrated not to go two two nil up, let alone one one. Um, and yeah, good, good end to the half. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a good, it was a good time to score. Obviously, right, right before the break, um, and kind of break their momentum a bit and get back into the game. But yeah, you our set pieces are usually pretty horrendous, and our corners over the over the seasons not been good, missing, not even getting over the first man most of the time, but. Taylor Gardner-McNinn has been good at that since he's come in, um, putting some good balls. He's good at crossing. And yeah, lands on Naismith's head. And yeah, it's a, it's a good header. Um, and yeah, he, put, he puts us 1-1. It's a it's a good goal. And we go in, yeah, maybe not deserved. But again, we're, we're at the half at 1-1. And I thought maybe now we can try and, yeah, hold on to a point, maybe find some attack, just like keep in the game. Um, but yeah, then it comes to the to the second half and it takes them under 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Just, but yeah, I thought it was, it was, again, the whole game was quite like relatively tight. They weren't, they w- did dominate, but I didn't think they were, I think we, we held, we held our own in a, in a way that we, I didn't think we were going to lose by a lot. Even they could have scored obviously a few times, but we weren't too bad. But then, yeah, obviously the quality, over Sean and Piro, yeah. I mean, got his goal I mean, look, it's a brilliant finish from Joel Piro, but 
I mean, it's brilliant finish in terms of placement, but Max O'Leary, like Christ above. Um, it's a very di- look. I think we'll talk about Max at the end because we do have a lot of players we are stri- starting to like going. Are you really good enough? Um, we'll talk about Max at the end. I'm sure we'll get some sort of um, balanced agreement. Um, that wasn't good for Max. Um, he's way too slow to react, in my opinion. Um, and later on, he get he is incredibly lucky. He is so lucky because he's just literally just given the ball to them and good lot literally just straight away given the ball to them in a very, very, very good area. Um, and thankfully, thankfully for him, I think it's Rutter who's offside. Um, he's literally just dropped the ball at Sam Byron's feet. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's good from Glenn Kamara. It's good from Crescentia Somerville for Leeds. Um, I don't really know what we can do in terms of dealing with that situation. It's it's really hard. Um, so I think it's Mark Sykes trying to cover as well. And it's just not good enough um, from him. But he's not a right back. He shouldn't be, you know, uh, made to kind of defend against one of the best wingers in the championship. Um, allows the cut in. Glenn Kamara, he's got the composure. He's got the quality. He just feeds it into Pirro. Piro, by the way, it should not be allowed that much time and space on the edge of the box. Um, and this is a common theme now. We're allowing players way too much time and space on the edge of the box. Um, Tyler Blackett, uh, Mehdi Leris, um, now Joel Piro. And we know what Joel Piro can do. Uh, he will just, he scored against us quite a lot, uh, quite a lot of times now for Swansea and for Leeds now. Um, really good player. Uh, he just bends it and just, just kind of curves into that corner. It's not. It's a good placed finish, but it doesn't have that much power on it. Like Max, he sh- his positioning's awful, a, and it's not his reaction time is absolutely not good enough either. Um, yeah, well, yeah. It was... T- tell me your thought. Tell me your thoughts on the goal, and then we'll talk about Max at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, just another yeah. Poor goal to concede. Like you said, he shouldn't be given that much time. And it just seems like from that position, yeah, he releases the shot, it goes through Naismith's legs. Um, I think maybe you could argue Max O'Leary had less time to see where the ball is, but you're right, it was too far to the right, his positioning. And still, it, it was a very weak shot. It didn't come with a lot of pace. So he really should be saving those. Um, but yeah, yeah, too much time. And I think when we brought, um, we brought King on after... Yeah, that's what we brought. I thought the substitutions, we, yeah, but we moved site. So, so we brought on Andy King for Joe Williams. So that was a straight, uh, yeah, that was a straight, that was a straight swap. And then we brought on Tommy Conway for Taylor Gardner Hickman, who was playing right back. So Conway moved up top, Harry Cornick moved to the right, um, and Mark Sykes dropped in to right back. So that was basically how it happened. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was strange. Personally, I would have just taken Cornick off. I can't, I, I know, yeah, like, to bring on a player on and then take him off, but I think Conway for Cornick would have made more sense. I thought Sykes was having a, I thought Sykes was having a decent game. And even when he came up with that right back, he defensively, it was decent and he saved us a couple of times. Um, even though, oh, no, one, one chance at the edge of the box, it came to him, I think, from a corner. And then he tried to play it to Matty James or something, but it was a short pass. And then they got us on the counter. And I think that's when Max O'Leary pulled off a quite a good, uh, that was a really good save, that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, tips it onto the bar. But yeah, uh, yeah, talking about that goal, just, yeah, overall, just, yeah, not good enough. 
and yeah, they got the lead again, and from there, yeah, not much. No, just just fine margins. Fine margins are just not going our way. Never seem to go our way. It's really frustrating. Um, look, we'll we'll we haven't got enough time to talk about the whole rest of the game because um, uh, well, there's a lot to dissect. In in summary, um, after that Leeds goal, Leeds have a few chances. We kind of huff and puff. Don't really do much. Never. Naismith said this in his post match. Never really have a sustained period of com- continued pressure, do we? Just we kind of huffed and puffed. Nothing really happened. Nothing major happened though. Yeah, yeah, not much. One chance that was decently big came from a corner, and it was I think headed, but then a goal line clearance from the Leeds defender off the line. He headed it. He had it out, which was a decent chance. There were some plays around the box, a bit unlucky, but then again, bring it back to that miss from uh, Rutter, right, in the, in the yeah. first half. Um, so, yeah, but overall, Leeds were the dominant side. Obviously, you could see the quality difference away from home. Great fans there. They have a great team. I definitely will be surprised if they're not in the top six. I think they'll be fighting for um, automatic. They, should, or, they or, should be in the top two. They should be in the top yeah. two. They they should be, um, but the way they're playing, yeah, we stayed in the game. It was similar to like the Leicester. We didn't get battered. We were in and around there. We were still obviously giving a fight, but then again, yeah, we didn't get anything out of it at the end of the day. And we in some of these games, like like you said, Ipswich, that'll be a tough game. Those away games, we want to sometimes be getting out of it, mate, but mate, mate, Coventry and Ipswich are going to be absolutely mm-hmm. massive games. Not because they're at home, but they're going to be really tough games as well. Because Coventry are finally ticking, and also Ipswich. Yeah. Well, Ipswich at the moment. Um, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough, and our season's going to be our season's going to be really really. Because I think we expected to lose at Leicester and Leeds, but I don't think many of us expected to lose over to Stoke. Um, and well, our next two home games are going to be pivotal to how our season, in my opinion, pans out because they're tough, but they're also not. You know, Leeds and Leicester tough, so maybe we can get something. Um, so, just to finish off um, on this game, um, on the 67th minute, Jason Knight's brought off, who I thought was not at it, in my opinion. We'll we'll allow Jason Knight. We'll 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 allow him. He's he's been really good for him. Uh, really good for us. Um, he can have an off day. He wasn't at it. Um, Andy Vyman came on. I thought he was pretty lively. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he did what he did against. Um, Stoke, where he came on, kind of occupied that left-hand side, but also kind of drifted in and out and allowed kind of room for Pringy or um, other midfielders uh, to allow that space on the left-hand side. And I thought he was quite good doing that. I think he's really good at doing exactly that. The other sub was Sam Beloff, who should he have done more against a 17-year-old right back? Maybe. Probably, yeah. But again... Gray, he was brilliant that day, but I think we he could have done a bit better. Um, but yeah, he got subbed off and Mehmeti came on um, then for the final period of the game. And is that who you were referring to earlier then? On the, um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Mehmeti comes on and he that okay, right? Let's break this down with Mehmeti. 
He's that is his first sub appearance since Leicester, and he barely got any time at Leicester. He was like uh, six minutes, barely any time. Um, before that, he got I think he got a start against Norwich, really poor. He got and then sub appearances against Preston, Millwall, Birmingham, and Hull as well. Right, let's break this down. Mimeti, um, many people overlook this, but we spent we actually spent a million on him, so you know that's for us a fairly de- reasonable, you know, decent chunk of money being spent on a player. Um, his end products is not there at the moment. His end products just it just isn't there. Um, look, I think he's a good technician, and I think the quality's there, like. He he did so well in League One, but he was the star player there at Wickham. He was the star player because every time Wickham got... Wickham under Ainsworth were very direct, you know, kind of Gareth Ainsworth's side. They got the ball to him and hoped he would create something. It's not the same at Bristol City. He's, he's not the star player there. He's not, he's not, um, he's not the guy who's going to be relied on to create everything. I think he's a good player. It's just not kicking. It's just not ticking at the moment. What are your thoughts on yeah. Mimeti? It it is a shame because when we saw him come up and you could see the energy, the skills, the quality. But I think I think he has potential. And I and I like him. And I think compared but, to Cornick. How much longer are we gonna give Mimeti though? We've given this yeah. is it, we it's we're nearing we're nearing a year. Um a couple of months and we're nearly we're nearing a year. How much more time are we going to realistically give him? Yeah, it's true, and he hasn't been given many minutes at all in the last in the last few games. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's the thing is, it's strange. I mean, I guess I mean, he's there right now. I mean, touch wood if if there becomes like an injury or something, and if he finds his place in the side, maybe get some more game time settles in. But I I really hope something clicks and it works out because I think he he has potential and he could be a, a maverick in the team and create some quality. But yeah, right now it doesn't seem to be working. I mean, compared to Cornick, I think I don't see that much potential in Cornick, to be honest. Um, Age is really it, yeah. Um, but with Mimeti, yeah, like against Leeds, I mean, it, it, his skills, he didn't get past the right back. Um, he, he, in, in like... he, he, got, he got one situation. He got to one situation where he got the ball. He had a clear run. He had a clear path. Just run at some Byram. And if he didn't get past Sam Byron, we had all gone, you know what, that's fine. You know what, try again. It's fine. Yeah, at least he's tried. Um, he kind of stepped out, kind of got the ball, didn't really know what he was doing, kind of did a few step overs. And he, the ball was atrocious. The ball was at, the cross was actually atrocious. He doesn't dink it. He doesn't flat, flat out, just put it in the box or along the floor. He kind of half dinks it right into his chest. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, you've got more quality than that. Just he's 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 clearly a good player. It's just so frustrating at the at points. He's just so inconsistent. It's at points he'll look like he's really like a top player, and you're going, wow, his, his skills ridiculous. His end product's just not there. It's just it's just not there at the moment. Um, that's frustrating because you said potential. His age is there. His age is like the right age bracket for what we want to do, but it's just not. It's just not. It's just not there. Um, anyway, I'll, got... I'll 
just final thoughts on the on the Leeds game. Um, also on the players, yeah, Knight, like you said, he had an off day, didn't really bring too much of an impact. Also, yeah, shame for Wells to go off. I don't think it's going to be that bad. So hopefully, maybe we'll see him. I think he should be fine for Coventry, but we'll see. It's it's um, international break, so I think he should be. All yeah, right. it's yeah, it's a good time to have a couple week break. Um, yeah, I thought Sykes. I thought Sykes a good game. Pring was brilliant as well. Like his defense was really good um, yesterday. And yeah, Max made one good save, but then again, that keeping on that on the second goal, Piro. Right, should we? Should we talk about Max then? Um, because oh, yeah. this is because this is because this is a very very hot topic amongst the Twitter fans. Um, t- t- tell me your thoughts on Max. Where do you stand on him? Yeah, it's 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 a tricky one because he's just he's not really a top quality keeper at all right now. I mean his distribution has been pretty poor throughout the season and. His shot stopping, yeah, has been good. But then sometimes you wonder, is he good enough? Like some of his decision making and his saves and the the conceding of the goals. Like, well, when's the last time we got a clean sheet? I don't. West like, Brom. West Brom, yeah, and a no-no draw, but a clean, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really think he's quite good enough. But I, I like him, and I don't. We're not gonna buy a. We're not gonna buy a new keeper. I don't think. We don't um, have until, we don't have the money to improve on Max. Yeah. We don't have the money to so improve on him. We realistically we're just gonna have to stick with him and he's gonna be obviously he's the number one over Bajic and now we we actually signed a new keeper just as a backup though. He's he's just gonna be there for uh, as he's gonna go in January. He's out in January. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, Max I mean we're gonna have to stick with him and I just hope he improves his slight like slight points in his game, but He's not really like compared to Dan Bentley. When Dan Bentley was there, yeah, he's not. His... not if, if we really want to be pushing further up the table, we I think we definitely need a better keeper. There's no point comparing him to Dan Bentley, I don't think, because there's well, we've moved on. Bentley was sold nearly a year ago now, so there's no real, it's a real point talking about him. Um, and Ben Bentley had a you know brilliant shot stopping record, but his distribute his everything else apart from his shot stopping was. Atrocious. His shot stopping is Premier League, top end Premier League quality. Everything else is like top, is like League One level. It's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not um, really. We need a kind of full package. And I think Max is a better all round kind of keeper. I don't think his shot stopping is as good. Um, I don't think his, um, I think his kind of commanding of area is good. I think he's really like confident with his. Kind of whenever they have a set piece where he's really confident in terms of getting the ball or just punching it, he doesn't he doesn't doesn't really have any um doubts, so that's good. But but his he doesn't just doesn't fill me with much confidence, and that's that's a real, real worry. Um I don't think we have the money to buy someone who's better than Max, because Max is Max is all right, he's all right. But that's about it. He's average, um, and unless a free agent comes up who's like, you know, top end championship and is willing to come to us, it's not it's just not. Casper Schmeichel. Where is is where where did he go? Is he still a free agent? He's Anderlecht now, I think. Um, no, Anderlecht. Uh, but yeah, Casper Schmeichel. Um, as much as I'd love a Premier League winning captain in my team, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, 
<laughs> no, I don't. I just don't think we have the money to buy someone who's better than Max. Um, and I think that's the case for a lot of these players. Um, I don't want to point anyone out, so I won't do that. Um, but some of these players are just kind of stagnating a little bit um, in the championship. It's just kind of like they're kind of like fourteenth place, and that's about then. Then they don't have much better than that. Um, much more in them than that. So, and we don't have the money to buy someone better than them. So, look at this one. We're stuck. We're stuck with Max, and I don't think he's awful. I think he has his good games. Um, and I thought against Leeds, he made some good good saves and good um, had his moments, but it just doesn't fill me with much confidence. And I don't think that's a don't think that's a bit of a outrageous thing to say. I don't think. Um, I know, I know a few people who don't rate Max at all. Um, so, look, I don't think he's a scapegoat for yesterday's performance because I don't think he's he was the reason we lost. But still, it's, it's not really. Um, it wasn't great. Um, any any further thoughts on Max? No, not really. But yeah, I mean, we're going to have to stick with him for this season at least. So hopefully, improves and hopefully some more clean sheets to come but yeah fi- my final thoughts on yeah on the Leeds game and or the the week in, in general well we're sitting 14th now kind of mid-table where we finished last season kind of sweating with three with three points off the playoffs we're now 11 games in so like around the quarter mark nearly um basically um yeah I mean yeah it's kind of the difference in quality like we said um earlier just narrowly lost, but yeah, we've got the international break. Hopefully, some more players to come back in. McCrory will be back for New Year. I'm excited to see him when when he comes yeah. back and when he's fit. Hopefully, he can make a big impact. And now Conway, when he's back to full match fitness, when he can start playing games. Also, Nigel Pearson mentioned we could be changing formation, trying to put two up front with Conway and Wells. He was talking about when, when he, Conway's. When, when did he say that? He said that in the press conference. I read it on. Uh, Bristol City, Bristol Live. Oh, did he actually? He oh, I did not yeah. know that. Hello. Okay. Yeah, he said. Well, got four four two. Some yeah, I think uh, four four, four, four two. Or it's four four two. Complete Brexit football. Yeah, love it. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, overall, yeah, kind of sitting in the mid table. I do see us still finishing around like tenth to twelfth region. I feel like we could be pushing the next. Next games will will be interesting. See, yeah, we've got Coventry at home, then Ipswich midweek, and then we go to Cardiff away. So yeah, that Coventry and Ipswich game. I mean, Ipswich are on fire right now, and they're definitely yeah. pushing to make a double promotion season. Um, but yeah, I guess we we move. We got a couple weeks now. Yeah. Um. So we'll be back after. Uh, no, just before uh, Coventry. So we'll be back then uh, for a preview podcast. Um, just final thoughts from me. I wouldn't say uh, don't get too worried because it's not you know panic stations, but because we have played to the top boys in the championship, it's always going to be hard uh, to keep up with that. But it's not it's not particularly ideal either. On the other hand, um, got to move. Uh, Coventry and Ipswich are going to be massive games. Um, four points. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll talk about that. We'll talk. We'll talk about that before. We'll talk about that before uh, before the games. Um, it's a goodbye from me, uh, Matisse. Do you want to say goodbye? Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for watching, and listening, subscribe, like all that, all that good stuff. Watch us, listen to us on Spotify, follow us there. But yeah, thank you, thank you very much. See you guys.
Thank you very much for watching and listening, and we'll see you later.